welcome everyone to the Good Old Boy Podcast. I'm your host, Buster Caballero. Let's get to the right, show. Man. I think we're good now. All right. Yeah, okay, there it's going. Now I can see yeah. it. How you been? Good. And yourself? <laughs> Crazy. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Tiki Weed, Galveston. Yeah. I like that. I like those guys. I'm glad to see them growing. Mm. It's hot summer, nice cold can. Yeah, I know. I haven't seen their citromello out yet. That's what oh, I've been having it. So, so what's been happening, bud? Are you? Oh man! So introduce yourself. Well, my name's James Stoffel. A lot of people call me around here. Maybe at NASA JC, they call me Stoff. Over here now, I'm at uh, Blue Origin. Not speaking on behalf of uh, Blue Origin or NASA, but. Uh, a lot of people call me Stoff, but you can call me James. Hey, guy. Whichever. Mm-hmm. It's all a master of all trades and uh, a man who dabbles in many things. I don't know about a master at all, but I dabble. You dabble, and that's a, that's a cool thing. I mean, no telling what you're dealing with, either if it's something aerospace, a generator pickup. All right. Well, that was a quick mess up. I haven't set this equipment up in a while and haven't... The ones I've recorded lately have been uh, just me, so it's been a lot easier, and I guess on the system, maybe I need a new computer. No worries. Oh. So, you were saying yeah. quad. Quad. It's a um, derivation of a Belgian-type beer, and uh, basically it's one of the strongest beers out there. And a lot of the, I think uh, Travis Monks used to uh, brew it, and some of them, they still do. Remember when the monks were cool? Like, what did they do? Uh, They're always they cool. They're, took, just, they're just chilling, hanging out. They took care of you. They brewed the beer, the mead, yeah. and all that. They're still there. They're they still are. There. Yeah. I got married by a monk. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he was a Franciscan monk. Right. And, uh, probably one of the most interesting religious figures who I've been around and talked to. I've mm-hmm. spent a lot of time in churches and stuff like that, but this guy was cool. And... uh it was real amazing because when we were doing our uh, pre-marriage counseling, mm-hmm. you know, I always said, why am I going to take advice from somebody who's never been married? And I asked him that. I'm like, so, you know, you've never been married. How can you counsel me? He goes, because I've heard all the problems. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. That makes sense. So there's something to be said about that. I mean, for instance, I haven't been to space yet. And no. I say yet. Yeah, it's but, coming. I'm rooting for you. I'll take the rooting. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll let the planets align, you know, as long as I do the good work for this planet and everything else on it. Um, but, you know, uh, I trained and was around a lot of different astronauts and the community, really, you know, and what really makes those astronauts is not not just them themselves who are wonderful human beings or multifaceted, but mm-hmm. it's really that space family that surrounds them. It's Everybody around them, every single person, the administrator, the janitor, the engineer, the customer, everybody. So I have a general philosophy in my professional life where I don't put blinders around my eyes. I try to make sure I stop and I take a look at everybody's perspective because every person's input, experience in life, whatever it is, is just foundational and and inherently uh, contributes to the success of the greater picture of whatever that mission in life is, right? So I had a wonderful opportunity to uh, spend some years over at NASA and other aerospace companies and uh, absorb and watch and, and experience together with them. And sometimes, you know, you get the opportunities to do what they do and sometimes you don't. But 
after a while, you kind of you kind of marinate on their experiences, right? And after a while, you get a general sense of understanding of like, I got an idea of how that environment works. And, mm-hmm. and the more as time goes along, you know, you, you get you get wiser from the people that surround you. Yeah. May it be a bad experience or a good experience, nevertheless. So I could see that, definitely, right? I can definitely see that. It's one of those things where almost like the in the military, the special operations community, mm-hmm. where you have so very few people who have actually done it. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going Rangers, SEALs, anything like that, you know, there's not very many people talk about going into space. There's very few people who have actually done it. Mm-hmm. Now it's becoming more appealing and easy with access, you know, private industries doing it. But like you mentioned, there's a community around that that supports that mm-hmm. to make it possible for them to do what they're doing. Who's that? You or me, you think? Oh, that's me. <laughs> that's me. Uh, so it's, it's good that you see that because it's not just like, oh, it's the one part now, it's a bunch. And yeah. I've, I've been fortunate enough. I got to work with a lot of NASA people. Men, I've, I've spent eight years working with them on projects and seeing a lot of things that have come along. So it's been really, really uh, cool in that aspect to see what's developed. Yeah, there was there was a really neat book, and I, I can't remember the exact title. And, and it's something I'm like, uh, what is a rocket scientist? And I got this when I first graduated as an uh, engineer out of college. I, I think I might have started that one. Yeah. Or it's like, is it, what is a rocket science? Or is it think like a rocket science? Something like that. And it's actually a short book, but the, the, the short of it was basically what we were just talking about is that it's not just a rocket scientist who makes the flames come out the other end. You know, it, it's one thing for somebody to, you know, we can uh, take a pipe, put something very flammable, you know, flammable inside and there's a hole on the other end and voila, we got a rocket, right? <laughs> make it, make that end nozzle a little bit tighter, yeah. reduce that orifice. Yeah. So it's, it you know, it's, it's one thing to make it, you know, put out flame, but to make it safe, make it efficient, make, make it actually head a certain direction and, and, uh, hold on one second again. This wouldn't be a show if we didn't get interrupted by kids. Of course, no, we're doing this live. Absolutely. You go back to some of the older episodes, and it's like if Gus or Pib didn't walk in and now got Ellis, you know, it, it just wasn't a show. I'm waiting for Ellis to just come in here and show me a, show us a Barbie okay. doll. I'm okay with that. <laughs> we could talk about Barbie dolls, too. Yeah. G.I. <laughs> yeah. Joe's, Barbie, Barbie dolls, dolls, Transformers, He-Man, Shira, whatever. Oh, man, now you're bringing up something. <laughs> Thundercats, I don't know. Uh, did yeah. you see? Okay, let's... We're going to come back to that because I'd like to get your opinion. I think you might have seen it. The, Which uh, one? Kevin Smith. Oh, Masters of the Universe? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's come back to that because yeah, the, the rocket science is, uh, it, it, it is. Do you think you got a better chance on a private or government? Uh, I think we're in a very, we're in that in between phase, right? You know, just a quick reminder. How old is the space program in regards to human space exploration? 1960s. Yeah, it's very young. Very. It's less than a lifetime we've gone to space. Not yeah. multiple lifetimes. No. It's we <laughs> you look back and you're Two like, yeah, it's been so long, you know, and we retired the shuttle and this and that, but you know what? It was just not that long ago. No. I think some of the biggest advancements have come in the last five or ten years. Flight. 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 When we first started flying, 
that was within what, like 110 ish or yeah. something like years. It's still within like well maybe the maximum age of some of the humans today that have lived. But uh, Moore's law, technology. I mean, scientists used to think your face would rip off if you went 60 miles per hour with the top down, right? I mean, how ridiculous is that? Think about some of the medicine too has changed drastically. Yeah, just pushing the limits on stuff. So it's very. And I've seen this, and in some ways, just as you mentioned that, it's very young, it's very infantile, where in the 60s and 70s, they were shooting rockets up and checking this, and then we put all this hardware up in space to live. And just from my perspective, whenever I'd have people from NASA calling me and being like, I need to mate this with this, it's like, not going to work. What's well, a legacy system? <laughs> Time to put it in a pasture then. Well, it's floating above us at 26,000 feet per second. <laughs> all right, just throw it out the window then. It's, it, it's, and now you have all these other companies, like you said, Blue Origin, SpaceX, uh, God, Axiom. Know, Axiom. Those guys are kicking Rocket ass. Lab. Rocket Labs, uh, Intuitive Machines. Yeah, there's the, these guys are doing things. We're breaking they, the norm here. Yeah, but so in the typical government space, it's mm-hmm. like you have the best way I could explain it to anybody is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, if they're working on a space flight application, you've got 50 people working on it. It's like working on a keyboard. One guy works on one letter and he doesn't talk to the guys with the other letters. But when you're dealing with a private company dealing with mm-hmm. it, it's like all the government regulations are off. We can try anything. We can do anything. We can... We can propose it and test it and go for it, and they don't have that. Those guys are more communicative. Within reason, within reason, because, yeah. you know, uh, one of the things before I uh, hopped on over to the private industry was uh, uh, I knew and realized where I came from, where I went, and where I left, and where I am right now, right? And nevertheless, of the government agency, private industry, whoever, um, we're all space family. We all have mm-hmm. these same dreams, right? And then, you know, these different entities, you know, uh, we have our different uh, mission drivers or or resources. You mm-hmm. know, resources is another thing. Resources are... It's, uh, <laughs> that's and, a good word. It, <laughs> it's my political word for resources includes politics slash funding slash, you know, a few other things, right? Because th- the reality is humanity humanity is really smart and we could be really far in a lot of things but sometimes some of these grand adventures and ideas um they just they require enough of those <laughs> those resources and support right mm-hmm. let's let's you know let's pick up christopher columbus or some of these other voyagers right they're, yeah. they're we're all explorers we're all we're we're all curious, right? Yeah. Thank goodness we're curious, because uh, we'd be boring. <laughs> yeah, God, we would. We, we we wouldn't have a lot of the things we have. If we weren't too damn curious. We need to be yeah. absolutely curious, right? Isn't that one of the things yeah. they talk about? Like your childlike kids, they're so curious about everything, and as we grow older and adults, we get so bored with it, we become so inundated that we lose our curiosity. Mm-hmm. But then some people now are like. I kind of want to try that. I want to do that. I want to push my limits. I want to see this. I want to experience it. I want to, I want to try. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, 
let me let me bring back you 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 were we were talking about the the different uh, entities and you know space family humanity and all that there is a new paradigm and shift here coming along right so you before you it took it took resources a large amount of resources right to do grand endeavors money right? money yeah mm-hmm. money's the thing money and and uh and and the proper the proper mission the proper principles the mm-hmm. the, the leadership principles the uh putting uh, millions in space living in space and doing the good work but you know uh it's funny because, uh, and you could pick any category, industry, or whichever, and um, all of us have, you know, great ideas and great interests, and you know, and there's different groups and and societies, and and uh, that it's like, well, we need to focus on these problems, or we need to focus on these problems. Well, you know, honestly, history, we got problems everywhere. Yeah. There are always going to be problems, but the great thing about humanity is that we're going to challenge and figure it out. We're going to have some lessons learned. Things are going to get bumpy sometimes, but that's okay, you know? And I, I think um, going back to the whole thing about uh, humanity and the space family is that uh, we're all on the same team. I told, I told, uh, I told uh, some people that, you know, if I venture into this new era, in this new area that I want to make sure that we're all on the same team, that uh, we realize that it's it's not us or them or those over there or whoever. Mm-hmm. It's all of us together. Nevertheless, we're all on the same team. No. We're just approaching it a little bit different, right? But you, you need that then because you, same church, different pew, mm-hmm. where you, the, like you just said, people are saying, we need to focus on this. We need to focus on that. We need to focus on that. Focus on what you want to focus on. Yeah. And if that can make a greater contribution and someone can use that, then how awesome is that? Yeah. Yeah. So everything, a lot of the projects and things that I do, I go with an intent that it has a purpose and an outcome. And most of the time, I say 99% of the time, it is interdisciplinary, such that it doesn't just affect one thing, but affects multiple things or can contribute to multiple things. Mm-hmm. That's, for instance, uh, uh, one of the research projects I had when I went back to grad school was uh, it was on three D printed planetary habitats and basically how do we live on other worlds? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these habitats and how we're going to repair them and fix them if we don't have Home Depot, Asus Hardware, Menards, whatever part of the country yeah, or nation you are. You're going. You better bring everything you need with yeah, you. Yeah, or build it there. Or build, yeah, build it there. In suit to, you know, resource utilization. Yeah, so when, when 3D printing was kicking off, didn't they yeah. They send a 3D printer to space, they needed a wrench, and they 3D printed the wrench mm-hmm. up there. Yeah, they got, they got a few things up there, and they're working on even recycling the filaments now. They're, they're experimenting, because there's different types of additive manufacturing, maybe alloys, polymers, and all kinds of stuff, you know? Have you ever seen a titanium... Uh, I'm sure you have a titanium 3D printer. Yes, actually, it was at uh, over the uh, advanced manufacturing lab at JSC. Uh, I was a, uh, I was taking. Was it, it titanium? No, it was stainless. Well, I don't know. I think it did do titanium. It does yeah, it all. Yeah. But I saw one one time, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, 3D printing that looks cool." And the guy goes, "Pick that up." I'm like, "This is metal." 
and you can tell like it was still on the plate. He goes, yeah, yeah watch this. And he like cracked it off. And I'm like, what is this material? This isn't stainless. What alloy is this? He goes, that's titanium. I'm like, it didn't have to be milled. It didn't have to be yeah. cut. It didn't have to be anything. It was just like printed as is. And I'm like, how expensive is this? He's like, oh yeah, it's ridiculous. But it, one of those things that I've always found is, you know, you're trying to say, I need this component and it mm. doesn't exist. Can you make it? No. Well, now you have the capability of these private guys who are like, we'll make it. You know, and test it and try it and you know, all that. We're touching so many different subjects I want to talk about. So like additive manufacturing, I love additive manufacturing, right? Uh, I've had nope. things 3D printed in, in ceramics, uh, metals, polymers and all that. Um, but I also recognize and that we still need our traditional or, you know, newer versions of mills. We need our lathes. We mm -hmm. need, because um, it's kind of like saying that I have one spacesuit that can go to all planetary bodies and no. environments, right? So you got different tools to help supplement each other, facilitate, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I could, I can uh, 3D print this uh, complex uh, manifold out of an alloy. And it gives me those unique curves and features that are, you know, they, they fit the, the CFD models and, you know, whatever. Dead legs. Yeah, and it's great. But, you know, what? but on the ends where they meet to the other piece that I got to bolt together, I got to have to have that surface finish, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's where I might have to take that and post-process it in a mail. It's like, okay, I'm going to jig it up. Boom, and now, voila. They both helped out each other. I mean, maybe yeah. eventually, you know, that in manufacturing, we can get these surface finishes and things like that. But, you know, time will tell. This, yeah. It's pretty It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. So so back to the, you know, the cost disciplinary and, uh, you know, multifaceted approach on certain projects. I had a lesson learned one time where, actually, I'll get, I'll get back to that. So the, <laughs> when I get back to the, the, the 3D printing habitat, so I had this uh, subscale, like, geometric ball. It looked like a soccer ball, right? Mm -hmm. And basically, if I had enough money and time during that time when I was in college, I would have printed full-size 3D printed panels and, and uh, uh, practiced and tested and designed uh, different ways that we could repair this thing. And But in reality, it was that I only had so much uh, coin. So, you know, I had this small soccer ball size thing, right? And then I had uh, some some astronauts uh, help. I got the opportunity to uh, test part of my thesis down at Nemo, or off the Keys, and this is this underwater base. Basically, it's mm -hmm. a big pressure vessel that's down there. Is that those little stool-looking things too? That stool. you had printed. What's that? That you had done a while back too. Is that part of that or? There was. I bought some motorcycle aluminum motorcycle stands that I put the three D printed balls on top of. That's what. Okay. Yeah. That, okay. Yeah. So I am thinking so, about yeah. Same thing, just yeah. different. I didn't have to build everything from scratch. I could take some things off the shelf, right? Got to right. be resourceful. Yeah, yeah. So I got these stands that you know, kind of you know, pretty you know, uh, resistant to the ocean and so forth. Anyways, so you know, down at Aquarius Reef Base on this uh, Nemo mission that NASA does. I had these balls mounted on there. One of the things I was I'm strongly interested in is marine biology. I'm very interested in in tuned with uh, um, nature and environment, taking taking care of home. Right? Mm -hmm. This is spaceship birth. That's yeah, kind of really unique. You know, it is, and really want to take care of it. So you know, I you know I happen to have a strong interest in marine sanctuaries and coral reefs and stuff like that. So what I did was half the ball was 3D printed in a Mars and then also lunar simulant. They happened to be characteristically uh, 
similar to the, uh, the minerals and things like that in that environment. And the bottom half was also cast and mixed uh, with uh, uh, materials that are very similar to the bottom of the ocean. And uh, so basically I made this like multifaceted piece soccer ball that had geometric features for uh, different corals, colors, textures. I created cavities in it for shelter for little marine life, things mm-hmm. like that. So I, <laughs> I kind of made this multifaceted uh, research object that I put down there. And once we were done, you know, uh, doing some of our initial testing, this was one of the first tests that I did on this uh, 3D printed habitat ball. And um, we left it down. There. I got permission. We left them down there. And before uh, before they left, one of the uh, NASA scientists and he got his GoPro out and he's like, "Well, look at that." little fish is defensive and it made itself its home it swim inside it's like this is my home now is this in the open ocean yeah okay yeah. is it like off of isla morada and the keys is it is it like protected where you don't have like guys trying to fish in this area or yeah it, it is protected okay. this is a protected yeah. area, concrete and um so i left it down there in hopes to uh you know go back and do some photogrammetry and and, and see if uh the different attributes and, and features and, and variables that I put into it would be enticing to coral larvae. So when the corals would spawn and, you know, they'd attach to, they'd it. Attach to it and what other life would, you know, could you then take a bunch of those and drop it off in a place where the reefs are dying and yeah, resurface? maybe, maybe. And then, you know, these can be scaled up and be, um, barriers, you know, so, the, mm-hmm. so things like the mangroves and the coral reefs and stuff, they protect the coast and yeah. the infrastructure and the land and so many things. If you've you ever seen one of those aquariums, they have this test where they have the wave, mangroves, they have yeah. the wave machine, and how it dampens so much into where it's practically a wave when it gets to the shore. Yeah, it's it's really it's really interesting on how much of uh, how important that ecosystem is, not only for the fisheries, uh, for the protection of the the land and the, and everything that lives on that land right on the other mm-hmm. side. So there's a lot of things. So. I took a, a space research project and I made it into a uh, prototype coral reef ball that I left down there. And uh, they're still down there. There were some storms. It got knocked. Both stands got knocked over together. But they're still there and there's things growing off of it and there's animals hiding around. Really? It. So, uh, so how do you how do you get updates on this? Do you, uh, does it have a Twitter account? Or? <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, just uh, knowing different people. That's the wonderful part about, you know, Spaceship Earth and... Uh, cross dissimilarity industries and stuff like that. So, like, you know, NASA works with, you know, Core Reef, uh, you know, Federation and, and some of these uh, organizations. Uh, while they're down there, it come to find out that um, some of this marine science and the tools and, and the techniques that they use are very similar to uh, uh, lunar geology. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's science, there are different environments, but the techniques and tools, there's a lot of similarities. So when they put together these missions down there, these Nemo missions, uh, uh, every time they, they work together. So you get to know different people in different areas, you know, people who, uh, like Aquarius Reef Base is uh, maintained by FIU and uh, I think uh, the Medina family and they help uh, maintain it and stuff. So I keep in contact, you know, networking yeah. is always key to everything. So uh, I get little updates and uh, I'm hoping to uh, work with some of them and go down and help out with the Marine Sanctuary and do some follow up uh, photogrammetry and see what I can do with that. That's what kind cool. of data can That's I get cool. out of that? Yeah. I mean, can if I you- you know, if you have two guys who are passionate about something and you can 
find some kind of common area and work together and you mm-hmm. never know how it can help yeah. each other. But that, like you said, that's networking. That's, that's willing and open to saying, oh, yeah, come check out what we're doing. And yeah. a lot of times people want to be very secretive. That's, that's the other thing whenever I was out at, you know, I'm doing my little part out there. And I'm like, can we talk to the other guy? Yeah, let's go talk to him. Or let's intermix and you start asking questions. And sometimes, you know, you just throw a third person in the room and say, mm-hmm. all right, this is how it can be done. Yeah. That, that's another interesting point because uh, I try to make a strong effort to like, sometimes you'll get a set of experts and say it's the aerospace field and we're working on this technology, right? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, we are experts in within our own respect and we're working on it and we've had our eyes on it for so long that I try to bring somebody else that has not been yeah. in the aerospace world, but they've been involved with that kind of technology to give us a new yeah. standard perspective, right? Yeah, that's... I always tell them I've, I've got brought in a couple of projects and I always, I preface it. I'm like, all right, here's the first things first. I'm going to ask probably the most stupid questions and they laugh and they're like, no, 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 we're good with it. And they're like, sometimes they were like, yeah, that was a dumb question. And then other times they're like, I guess we could do that. Yeah. You're just so close to problem. That's like in anything. Yeah. That's like life, man. Mm -hmm. You you can, that's life. You can be having the hardest time with your, kids your job your car your anything you're doing trying to fix something in your house and you get somebody over and you mention it and some guy says one little thing and it's boom it's fixed it's done it's like you you've got it you figured it all out because somebody who you didn't even know or probably doesn't know about that says something absolutely i love it when that happens that is so great i love it when i'm wrong because i get to learn something new and something gets done right so I'm okay with that. I don't mind. I don't want to be wrong all the time. Don't no, get me wrong. But <laughs> no, no, you don't. You don't want to be that. Guy. Not a really an expert then. <laughs> yeah. You you want to be the guy who's willing to try something yes, and yes. then keep going. Yes. You don't want to be the guy who's just like, ah, oh, we just mess up all the time. Yeah. No. 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 We know those guys. Now, if I was messing up all the time, then I probably wouldn't be in the spot where I am. So I no. seem to be doing most stuff right. You're. Yeah, you've you're progressing though. That's what I've always seen is you're progressing. You're always it's like you keep going, keeping. That's why I love I love where my kids will watch that movie, uh, Meet the Robinsons. <laughs> I love that movie. It's so good with the message at the end because like just keep moving forward, man. Mm-hmm. Poor little kid, he's so worried about yeah. you know failing and not getting stuff right, and that's what's going on with these kids nowadays. Yeah, you know, they're so worried about failing and not getting something right. It's like I don't care, mess up, go do. You know, that, that, brings, that brings a recent topic with my, my son, Robert, you know, he's eight, eight and a half years old now. And, uh, you know, he's doing martial arts, doing really good, you know, moved to his next belt. And, you know, but they're kids. They also need to go play and they want to do other things. And some days they don't feel like doing certain things. Well, coming up to another test and, and you know, he finds out that I'm not going to allow it to be tested. And I was like, why? He's like... They don't think, he doesn't think I know enough or I'm not at a level to do that. And I'm like, well, we've missed a few practices, you know, we have this and that, you know, and he got really Mm -hmm. determined, right? So he got really determined. I was like, 
I'm going to practice. And I was like, go home, let's go home, Dad. Let's practice. You know, we started doing it every day and doing this and that. But Start doing the crane on them. Yeah. yeah. Never saw well, it coming. Well, of course. You know, you got to keep it, keep it real and, and, and knock them down a notch so he can, you know, hover above you eventually one day. Yeah. So. But, um, you know, so we were doing this and, you know, after a while, even it's, it's hard, especially you know, at a young age to stick through something for a long time, you know, mm-hmm. and then you had the opportunities like, oh, you know what? The test date got moved down. It's like, all right, I'm working, I'm working. And, you know, sometimes it takes a little longer and that's okay. And, you know, it, for a while I was like, if you want this, you need to be practicing. We need to do this every day. We need mm-hmm. to do this and this and this, you know, and even after a while that can, you know pretty tiring you know and and i told and he seemed to be getting frustrated you know he's starting to get a little emotional and it's like you know you're only a week out we still we still gotta learn two more contests you know mm-hmm. you're just starting on that third one now we still we haven't even touched the the fourth one and you know he, 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 you can sense the frustration and you know i didn't want to break that spirit it's like look you know what it's also okay that you don't test and you're not ready coming up in a week or two sometimes knowing it's knowing okay. it you know. Yeah. I was like, I leave this up to you. And you can either try to crank away and you might have a really good plausible chance of passing and getting yeah. your bill. How prepared will you be? I don't we won't know until yeah. the day before, to be honest, or the day of, right? Then right I said, after. But you know what? It's okay because we've been working hard and it didn't go to waste. No. We can keep still working hard. We can dial down a little, and there'll still be another test at the end of the summer. Yeah, and that's okay too. And I told him, it's okay. It's okay. You know, sometimes we do the never give up. Or we work as hard as we can. We push ourselves, but at the same time, we got to stay mentally and physically healthy. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, it's only so far you can go. I've done those crazy hours where hundred some hours a week and you're like wait this this is ridiculous i may yeah. be i'm exceeding my my capacity in a, in a healthy way and then eventually the quality is going to suffer right so yeah. I'm you, diminishing okay. returns we're doing hard work we realize where we were and we weren't happy with it we know where we want to be and we'll continue marching forward but it's okay to pause once in a while just don't make sure you don't make it a permanent pause yeah you know don't quit yeah don't quit just keep going yeah. and yeah. That that's that's one of the challenges. Like, you know, everybody if if you have kids and you're trying to raise them, you know, you want to raise your kids to be nice. You want to raise your kids to be you want to try and raise good kids. Yeah. And one of the biggest parts of that is God teaching them to manage emotions, expectations, understanding. You know, that's that's the biggest thing. Yeah. With kids is how do you teach this kid that got angry or upset about something that man, it's okay to have that emotion, mm-hmm. but how do you, what do you do with it afterwards? Mm-hmm. And I'm found out with my two boys about that. In fact, just the other night, they were like, hey, I was, I was working on the middle of something. They're like, come throw the ball with us, come throw. I was like, I will do it. But in the meantime, go throw the ball with each other. You know, mm-hmm. baseball's coming up soon. And they go outside and then they come back. Well, he's throwing too hard and he's throwing too high and he's throwing too low. And I, I look at him and I tell him, I'm like, if you can't throw a ball to each other, how are you going to throw a ball to a teammate or me? Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's why you got to practice. It's just mm-hmm. keep practicing, keep trying, keep doing, doing repetition, 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 repetition. Yeah. And eventually, like I look out, you know, you look out at one point, and that's the that's the chaos going on in our house right now with these. Who's here? We got a uh, got our two dogs too. Yeah, 
Well, that you see the small one right there? Yeah. She just had puppies. Like a week ago almost. Who are they barking at? Hey. Oh, yeah, I got a little zapper thing here. Yeah, he might go away now. <laughs> I'm going to keep that handy just in case. Uh, yeah, the, the little one had puppies, and so she uh, she's, like, really protective over uh, everything going on right now. We had three of them. So, oh, right on. Yeah, so that's been interesting. <laughs> and then the bigger one's just like, what is this? Someone here? Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a kiddo knocking on a door. They keep knocking. <laughs> I'm in the middle of something, kid. Sorry. Oh. Yeah, no, you, you 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 have a good point. You're saying all good words there. You know, it's like, and you know, I told them, you know, it's okay. Like you were talking about asking questions, saying, asking stupid questions, smart mm-hmm. questions, just just saying things. You know? And it, you don't make any of the shots you don't take. There's many philosophers and sport athletes and artists and philosophers who probably said some iteration of that, right? Mm-hmm. I'd rather somebody say something than not say it and bottle up a great yeah. idea or something that will progress them. Yeah. And I always say, you know, and, and I still mentor, you know, different high school or, you know, collegiate uh, interns or this and that. And, and uh, I say the same damn thing each time, you know? Yeah. There's a one of my favorite things to do with kids, a guy gave me this trick was anytime your kid comes to you with a question you go like oh okay what do you think the answer is and then just see what they say like because they could be asking about the most random thing in the world yeah it's like what do you think it is and they're like well i think it's this and they'll start going off and you're like that actually is pretty uh yeah. pretty insightful they have an they have an answer yeah, yeah they're asking you because they want to verify but if you're quick to be like well it's this okay yeah i it's a good point i'm glad you say that because we tried to give them our experiences and our standards but you know rules and standards are meant to be broken eventually i mean thank goodness that the wagon wheel the wooden wagon wheel with the, the metal band around it mm-hmm. i'm glad they didn't say like you know it works don't improve don't, don't mess work, with don't it. oh my look at all the vehicles and tires and wheels we have no. and environment just thank goodness somebody oh, no. said no some some <laughs> some crazy bastard was like i want to go faster i want to go farther yeah. i want to go shorter but faster you know there's and then somebody's like well i want to travel on those roads where you can't go Mm -hmm. and that's that's a great thing it's discovery yeah we need more of those guys in the world yeah my kiddo did that the other night where i was mentoring a high school student and um, he was doing this uh space research project and he's been he he come in and interrupt a meeting and i was like like, can i talk to him because i have an idea about his you know his lunar geology hammer what if he did this and then and i'll just let him go and talk yeah. and then he'll we you know laying down to bed he's like just starts coming out of nowhere and i'll just listen to him and sometimes i'm just like wow that's actually insightful and kind of a good idea and you're years old damn yeah yeah i i i try to make sure i listen it's 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 so hard because sometimes they have some ideas you're like no just just don't do no. that that's gonna hurt that's gonna hurt yeah. no that's gonna suck but then you try to tell him, no, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. You haven't Don't been, do what I just said not to do. <laughs> you haven't been beat down by the man yet, son, so uh, go for it. You know, I'm going to have to mm. open another beer. Yeah, those are good. 
I like how the breweries. Uh, see, that's one of those things that like you can get into anything. You know, you can go from a garage brewing beer to have your own distribution channel. Now, you can start three D printing something, come up with an idea, and next thing you know, you have a patent, getting paid royalties for the application of it, and you, uh, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I've been meaning to and I've been asked to, but uh, one of the beers that I haven't brewed in about a year or so, um, I'd like to take it to a competition. Those things are pretty uh, easy. Not easy, just threw that out. But those are pretty interesting to see what you get. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. So we've switched from Galveston Tiki Wheat. That's right. From Galveston Island Brewery in Galveston to Shiner, sea salt and lime. I like a good chalada. <laughs> we used to call them Mississippi margaritas, mm. where you crack a Miller Lite mm-hmm. and you just pour salt on the rim. And it was so good. And now I found, uh, we were in Jamaica last year, and all they have is red stripe. And this <laughs> yeah. was when I, I popped my... Uh, sobriety cherry i guess yeah and i'm like i'm trying cocktails and i'm like taking a sip and i'm like that sucks that sucks that sucks finally i was like give me a red stripe give me a salt shaker and some limes yeah and just went to town on those and it was so good oh yeah when i used to live um uh near the border uh i used to go over and we used to have dosiki ambers of salt and lime and I still have a craving for that when I do that every once in a while. Pop <laughs> My, uh, Kelly and I, every time we travel, we're always like, you know, you pack a little ice chest with some stuff. And we, we have a quite an impressive collection of beer salts because we were always picking up like, oh, we forgot the salts and all this. So we have like different ones we'll find and try and do all that. So uh-huh. uh, this China one's good. Beer, it's crazy. My, uh, my little cousin is, uh, he works in the beer distribution industry. Mm-hmm. What's up, dude? They're probably back there. They're back there. Just mind the dogs. I'm, I'm at that age now where like kids just come in and out of this house. It's starting to happen now. My house, they they do a, a triangle, a tri or a quad or whatever it is, some kind uh-huh. of polygon from house to house to house. And I'm like, I'm kind of okay with it now. Yeah, <laughs> I don't mind. I get to yeah. know these kids. They're pretty cool. Yeah, they they like come through here and there. I was laying on the couch the other day, and next thing I know, there's like three or four of them come in, and I'm just like, "All right, here's all the hooligans." So the least they're somewhere in the vicinity of something mm-hmm. safe. Yeah, but then again, when we grew up, you know, we'd head down to the river, BMX mm-hmm. bikes, building forts. Oh yeah, doing very dumb things that taught us good life lessons as much as we don't want them to go do some of those but you know what why not you gotta do some of it i guess yeah i'm not gonna know unless you do no we we had the weeds growing up where it was like a pasture full of these tall weeds and we made trails through it and you know somebody stole a lighter and we made fires and you know there was always something yeah there was always an experiment going on let's (laughs) let's put it that way there was always an experiment and that's what these kids are for that's that's good you know i mean it's interesting because like we're in this information age oh so much information 
Part of it's like, I wish I had all this information, but part of me is like, I'm glad I didn't. So where is the balance between the two? And I think that's something interesting a lot of us are figuring out as parents is we're succumbed to that information and technology. And we're like, and at the same time, how do we balance it with ourselves? And then for the kids too, like, you know, like yeah. you, know, you get so many hours of screen time or, but you know what? Do y'all do I played, that? Huh? Do y'all? We tried. And it's on and off. It depends. I'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we have a cutoff time, like 7.30, and sometimes we'll be doing something we forgot. It's like, hey, it's 8.30 or 9. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Or, but you know what? My brother and I, we played video games. I used to have, oh, God, I was a gameaholic. I played games until like 4 a.m. What, 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 what uh, platform were you? Oh, I mean, we did Atari, Sega, Nintendo, um, you know, PC computer. We had PC computer ever since the first personal computers. We always had computers in our house, you know? Yeah. So we were so playing we. everything from Wolfenstein to Joe Montana, whatever, mm-hmm. football or techno or, or, or you know. Did uh, uh, you ever play uh, a uh, gra- Groundhog? Larry, though. Oh, yeah. God, those <laughs> yeah. games. Doom, Wolfenstein. Yeah, yeah. So... Everything, all the way up to VR. Now, I mean, I still love video games. I wish I had. I need to make more time, but I love video games still. See, we were we were like Super Nintendo, the the NES, mm-hmm. the, the original one with Mario Brothers. But I can remember going to a neighbor's house who had a Sega. Yeah. Or the other one who had a PlayStation. It's like, yeah. who are these people? <laughs> like Sonic? What the hell is that? Yeah, no, we're, we, we're plumber people. <laughs> we had Sonic, but we didn't have the Playstations or the Xboxes or anything. I'm a, I'm 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 about to venture into it because there's some games I want to try. And uh, my brother is a uh, former military, former Boeing Aerospace, now cinematographer, and also working on one of the new video games. Really, that's coming out there, a racing game. And he, man, my brother, he he is phenomenally smart artistic intel he, he has meshed the world of art and engineering and so many other things to where he can be in a virtual environment as a camera person controlling what views and stuff you're looking at into the video game it, it's a virtual world and it's it's it crosses over into like things like the Mandalorian, the things they do with the big giant LED screens and mm-hmm. the immersion of a lot of different stuff. He's he's dabbling in that world with his varied backgrounds and experiences, and it's it's awesome. What do you think? Because okay, now you're the you, you say this about your brother, and I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, this is just something about the Stoffel family <laughs> that they produce these 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 guys that are because I mean you're. you're aerospace you brew beer you do iron man's or i know we talked about that you know you, you have a whole another story yeah. <laughs> I, I attempted my first half iron man yeah, <laughs> i got three miles three miles short three <laughs> got miles, cut off man. you know but that's all right i'm gonna go back and do another one but i'm gonna finish can, that you go on youtube afterwards <laughs> and you see these videos of like these professional iron iron man oh. athletes and all where like they're coming up and there's that that grandpa guy that comes out with the sign that just holds up being like disqualified <laughs> like because you didn't make it in time but you you attempted that i you. was 
I was amazed of the diver. I loved the diversity of people participating in triathlons and the half Ironman, the one yeah. that I did not finish, but I will go finish one. But I, I was do the Galveston so- one. Huh? I want to do the Galveston one. It's on my list. That's the life. one I did. I haven't decided if I'm going to repeat that one or the one in Haynes, Florida. But um, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. They're both flattish. So- about the flattest you can get of the half Ironmans. So what do you think? contributed to y'all or, and your brother let's throw him in this mix upbringing to where y'all are like this where y'all like are your families our parents yeah really so my dad he's retired air force my mom um she comes from korea with diversity of experience of herself there so you know we got to travel mm-hmm. so I, I it was what was really interesting growing up was you know as a kid you're like oh this sucks i gotta make new friends or this and that but you know what I would not trade that. I got to see different countries, different cultures, different people, different ways to think and see things and do mm-hmm. things, different environments, maybe islands, mountains, deserts, um, West you're also Coast, into East that, Coast. Like you, you do a lot of exploring. And oh, I love the outdoors. Yeah. I love scuba diving. I love mountaineering. I love climbing. I love flying. I love... <laughs> I used to paddle the Hawaiian Outrigger canoe teams out in California. The, 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 and I, actually, I did the, the U.S. Championship. It's like a four or five hour paddle from uh, Catalina Island over to Newport. Oh man, that was Damn. that was humbling. That was interesting. Uh, I'm glad uh, nobody was telling me that there were sharks nearby swimming with us. But you know, <laughs> I was a little concerned then, and I was just glad nobody told me because. Yeah. We were jumping in and out of the canoes and then hopping in the canoes while moving with yeah. chase boats for every six-person canoe. And yeah, it, it was a crazy experience. Blisters, sun, all the above. So, so your parents like threw y'all out in the wild or showed y'all the wild, showed you the world. They exposed us to things in life and shared their experiences. So, you know, there's there's... That's not for not everybody, but they went through some hard upbringing, right? And they could either go on the same path or to try to do it differently and better. And they 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 picked that ladder, right? So they and and I, I see myself and my brother and others, you know, that we do very similar. We share openly our experiences, what sucked, what was great, what was in between, and what we're still learning and trying to figure out. And I think. My, our parents did that for us. They opened up that environment, right? Uh, my dad being retired Air Force, so I always was looking at the skies already. Mm-hmm. My my dad um, may or may not have been part of uh, the space program in the military. Maybe he was. But um, I got to see things fly? and do things. That's a different story. So I got to see and do, th- <laughs> do things that... Uh, uh, that uh, you know, most kids didn't get to see and do right. And now that I look back, and I'm like, oh, that was not normal. Yeah, that is not something everyday kids get to see and experience. So, it it the the key parts of from my father and mother for us was that they uh they trusted us, they empowered us. They were okay if we fell. They were, but they wanted us not to give up. And they made sure that we were curious and that we were passionate. Nevertheless of what we were doing, if we were, you know, 
It doesn't matter if I open up a stand-up paddleboard shack in the Keys or whichever, as long as we were passionate. Yeah. And we were happy. And I think that's a parenting thing, right? Yeah. I want to make sure your kids are happy and successful, right? So they took what experiences they have then and now, and it pretty much helped shape what my brother and I were. Now, we happen to be part of a, a, a military family that was exposed to aerospace, but at the same time, we were exposed to the other things that weren't aerospace through my mom. We were exposed to fishing. We were ex- exposed to arts. We were exposed to dance. We were exposed to uh, music. My mom used to sing and uh, just all kinds of things. Those all, a mixture of things. I mean, they bought us instruments. They bought us. They, mm-hmm. My dad would let me help every once in a while without breaking the car, helping working on the car, or the yeah. truck, or what the jeep, or whatever. You know, all those different things. So I, I think the fact that they they gave us diverse experiences and supported us, it, it was really down to you know what my brother and I are, and I'm a, I'm an artist too. I I I used to do a lot of different. I still do a little bit of art here and there through my engineering and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but um. You know, I built a, for my son when he was born, I decided to go buy a used wine barrel and turned it into a steampunk rocket ship, right? And it's got gauges, a cockpit, sound, lights, an engine room. It turns into a vertical, you know, bookshelf later on when he's older. But, you know, so I've got my own parts of, you know, our artistic interests and stuff. I used to dance. I used to break dance. Oh, man. (laughs) How old are you? (laughs) Do I have to say? Yeah. I'm 47. Okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Holy shit, dude. I thought you were younger. Well, most people say that. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers to that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Actually, I had a, a, I was talking to one of the astronauts and, and he was on the uh, review board for a candidacy and stuff like that. And we were talking and, and he was giving some some advice one day and it was like, oh, well, you got plenty of years. I, mean, I don't know. I'm starting to creep up there. I'm going on the edge of those statistics, even though legally, you know, it's like there's no age. There's no age limit. Right. And I still believe that. And, I, and things are changing. Right. Things yeah. are changing. It's it's not the same. And we live longer. We live healthier. We're very capable. Uh, even some young, people live even healthier. Somebody, well, some people live healthier. Some people live. You're right. <laughs> and, and even and then there's more smarter, younger smarter kids and stuff like that that are just as capable maybe less experienced but just as capable right yeah. but anyways nevertheless he was just like i was like no i'm actually he's like you are and he argued with me about how my age was he, he like he took it personally it's like quit messing with me <laughs> a few other colorful words you know and i was like no and i'm grateful and humble for my parents for uh, maybe that's what it is i don't know yeah. maybe it's choices in life but if you think that I'm good with that, I, I still hold on to it a little bit. No, man, that's that's what you want to do. You want yeah. to expose your kids, and I think nowadays a lot of kids' exposures come from the internet mm-hmm. and tablets and mm-hmm. other other media, mm-hmm. and it's hard to monitor. You know, like we said, when we were kids and we were running around in the woods and if we would have had that information, we had somebody's older brother or somebody's uncle that would impart wisdom upon us and we had to figure it out. And nowadays, everything's at their fingertips. But it's the discernment of that knowledge. It's like you only had a little bit of knowledge and you were able to do something with it. But now you got so much knowledge. I know. It's it's an overload. You have to sift through it. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's... Hmm. Yeah, it's it, it it. I'm still figuring that out. It's like 
I'm finding difficulties today because of my varied experiences and interest mm-hmm. on how much time to spend on some of that curiosity, how it's going to help me in the short term yeah. and long term. Is today the day to tackle that, or should I wait to the end of the year or just next month? All those little things, right? Well, you you seem like a kind of guy like me that an interesting subject can pique your interest, mm-hmm. and the next thing you know, you're down a rabbit hole. A oh bit. yeah, I can do that. I can do that. I can figure that a lot out. Of I can, can do that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah I, I can get good at that. And it's like, <sighs> and after a while, you're like, why the hell am I dealing with this? You know. This this brings up an important thing I want to say. So, um, uh, I talked to a bunch of undergrads. I was a guest speaker um, at um, my first uni- or no, the second university I was at in my recent grad university, and uh, there were some similar slides in there. And it was, you know, originally it started off when I went to that first college was like you know the life of an aerospace engineer then and now and then, but reality there was a. Uh, a bigger talk of that was more important inside that. And I carried that same theme into the second one. And, you know, so there was this one slide. And this one slide had like, here's this graph. And it goes from point A to point B. And this is my path for academics and success and everything. And I show the next slide. And it's, here's this squiggly. And it goes backwards, forwards, yeah. under, back. Does another 180. Comes back again. Goes up and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go back two more. Go back and forth. And, and then there's the reality of life. And then and I, and I asked, you know, um, uh, what have I, if I had to choose going back between those two, I would pick the messy one. Yeah. It's okay to be messy in life because messy, if, if it's not messy and we don't get to make mistakes, we will not know what we were capable or not capable of or how much more we can do, mm-hmm. right? So that was one message in, in that guest speaking. And the other part was about um, being, and, and this, this phrase has been said for however long, but uh, the jack of trades, a master of none, right? You've heard of that? It's still. Yeah, yeah. So what I was promoting was, okay, so at one point in time, I became a jack of trades, and a master of none because there's still only 24 hours a day. You dedicate so much amount of time to each thing. And unless you shove some stuff to one side and dedicate more hours, it's going to be hard to become a master of anything or even one. Mm-hmm. So in this presentation, I talked about how being a you can either you can either be a subgematic expert that focuses on one thing or two things, and that is awesome, and that's the path. Yeah. And there is nothing wrong with the path. That's no. an awesome path. Now, if you happen to take the path of being a jack, jack, I'm sorry. So I've, I've, I've updated it. It's Jack and Jill of trades or Jill of Jack of trades, whichever. Uh, person. Person. That's right. They, them. That's right. The, the, whatever. Being, you're... living, fl- bag of flesh, Buddy. whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. I don't care, is. man. We all bleed the same color. You know, I worked in the, I, so previous career, spent a decade in emergency medical services, ER, ambulance, phlebotomist, lab, and all that. You know what? Yeah, and I knew it before, and I knew it then. We all bleed the same damn color on the no. inside, right? We're all humans. We're all bag of flesh with emotions and everything, mm-hmm. capable of all kinds of stuff. But anyway, so going back to this uh, Jack and Jill of trades. So you can either be a Jack of Jill of trades, a master or not. Or you can be a Jack of Jill of trades, a master of one. But you could also potentially be a Jack and Jill of Trades, a master of, of, of some. 
Now, there is no easy way to go about that if you choose those paths. Yeah. <laughs> there is nothing wrong of jack of trades and master of none because you know a little bit, a lot of different things in life that are very beneficial, awesome, and fulfilling and, and uh, beneficial to society and everything. Um, Which the, one do you the, consider yourself? Myself. Currently, I am a jack of, tra- jack of trades, a master of some. Now, I've had phases in my life, and I, suspect, and I expect, and I hope not, that I'll have my slumps. We all have our phases, right? We get better. We get our health and fitness and everything. Yeah. Like, I did a half Ironman months ago. Now I'm a slobby mess right now, to be honest. I'm going to be, I haven't been running or doing this and that. I barely just started swimming again. I gained some weight. No. That's okay. I'll go fix that. Yeah. Fixing it right now. So, it's all good. Tackle my next race. Work on that family health. But, anyways, so going back to that. So, I got to a point where I was able, I got to be a multi-hat wearing engineer in a small company and I was able to do lots of little things. But because instead of like, you know, some, some engineers went to a big company, I am a fastener engineer or I'm a wing engineer or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I focus on that and I am a subnomatic expert at that. But that is the thing I do. I don't do these other things on this system, right? Um, I When I got introduced to my first engineering job, I got to wear multiple hats, where I was a test engineer, manufacturing, tooling, flight hardware, analysis, and this. And, I, and still, again, there's still only 24 hours a day, right? Yeah. So I got to a point where it was awesome. I was able to do a lot of different things, but I wasn't necessarily an expert in any one of them, right? Mm-hmm. This is just talking on the professional aspect of skills and stuff. So I didn't like that, and I realized that. And I was like, all right, let me go make sure that I dedicate enough time. Let me shift that percentage to where I become an expert of one area at least and still you know, uh, multifaceted for some of these other areas. Well, I work for a while, and sometimes you fall in and out of that where just life and things happen and tasks and goals, and, and I fell back into the not a master of one in particular, but I was just tasked and doing and accepting everything, accepting every task, overworking myself, uh, not taking care of my health, which is physical and mental, which affected the quality output. And eventually mm-hmm. it's like, you know, staff can do a bunch of things. It's not doing great on anyone in particular, but it's getting by. That did not sit well with me. Yeah. Quality is better than quantity. Mm-hmm. Health is more important. So, I had, and every once in a while, I try to remind myself, listen, remember, take care of oneself to take care of others. We, you know, when I was the first supervisor, when I was an EMT on AMS, uh, he said that, like, you don't good at EMT if you're a dead EMT. So take care of yourself so you can take care of others. Yeah. The same thing applies to profession and personal life and all that kind of good stuff. So I was like, all right, all right, let me, and I have to do this. Every, we're human, right? I, I may fall into slumps. Anybody can fall into slumps. Yeah, but I've gotten to a point now, I think, in, in my life that... I can recognize the signs even if I hit a slump and like and readjust, accommodate in real time the dynamic flight ops, or I mean, sorry, dynamic human ops. <laughs> dynamic human ops. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I like you that uh, um, analogy of it, which is so, true. Yeah. I think people, yeah. and when that does happen, I think you're thinking too far out. Uh, I, I recently got a coach for me, and one of the, uh, one of the things that we were talking about, I mean, she's like, you got to operate in the present now more. You got to, yeah. she's like, you got to, cause you know, when you start thinking too far out and too far out and you're like, all right, I'm working towards this. I'm working. Man, you got to bring it back to now. Cause mm-hmm. you'll, you'll start missing out on some things like just right then and there. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're going too far out on that. And I, 
and going back to what you said about you know your your SMEs, your subject matter experts versus your jack of all trades. I am a jack of all trade. I I have lived uh, several different lives, different mm-hmm. occupations, different things. I've I've got I've got a bunch of skills. I've got a bunch of experiences and. Only at this point not in my life do I kind of have an idea of where I want to specialize in and what I want to yeah. do because I've done a lot of it. Well, that's another interesting point you're just pointing out right now is that that whole Jack and Jill, a master of some, I think currently is... is but pe- the second part of that is, is still better than a master of none. Is supposedly yeah, the way that saying goes. I think so. I think so. Because we do know guys, yeah, people who just go through life with never pushing the boundaries, never experimenting, never like they they pick a path. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just going to say, like an accountant, mm-hmm. somebody who says, "I'm going to be an accountant," mm-hmm. and they. They go through school and they they get their CPA and they work for like a big four and they get married and they have and they go and they go and they do that and they take the occasional family vacation, but it's never brought out in 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 a way that person is a diamond dozen. Hmm. You know, you they're they're not a SME, they're hmm. not a jack of all trades. They're just an accountant, and that's you know, okay too. That's, that's, that's okay for some people. That's okay and that's fine, but. It's okay, but it's so much potential. Like, man. If if all of society... Well, so I'm torn between that. So some of that, it's like, part of me says, if all society tapped all their potential, oh my gosh, can you imagine what society would be like? But then again, if I didn't have the the individuals or groups that were hyper-focused on certain talents and keys mm-hmm. maybe we wouldn't be far along or understand those capabilities very well i don't know i'm I'm torn right you know it's like it kind of depends i i guess the part of what i was about to mention was about that that jack and jill sum is maybe most of that comes from after experience and time yeah you don't be able you won't be able to have a master of some and it would be the exception that can do it early on, right? Mm-hmm. But maybe that's just experience in life that eventually become a master of some. Or, you know, and, and, and it's okay. It's, it's okay to be a master of one, too, and dabble in a few. I don't know. You know, maybe that accountant becomes no. the head lead accountant or manager. Yeah. Uh, I don't maybe know. Maybe they're but, running their own yeah, firm. They're doing yeah. all that. and it's They have an expertise in accounting, but now they're... You know, they yeah. have other aspects. I don't know. I'm, I'm. I think that's a part of life. I'm still growing to understand about all our different chess pieces, checker pieces, whatever game piece you want, monopoly piece. I that, don't care. That weird chess they that, play on Star Trek. Yeah, that one. That yeah, four, that dimi- one, four six dimensional. dimensional that smell of vision. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a uh, people are interesting. I love people. I yeah. love. And that's why, like, I reached out again to a bunch of people and said, hey, guys, if anybody wants to sit down, because I, you know, COVID kind of wrecked because I was doing this interviewing people. And then, I mean, you and I were supposed to sit down years ago Mm -hmm. to do this. And then COVID and then stop doing people. And now it's like people are coming out of their shell. And I'm just like, 
I want to get back to talking to cool people. Yeah. I want to get back to sitting down and learning, having conversations like this. And cause that's the way I find I get better is I want to, I want to understand people. I want to understand, you know, what drives them, what pushes them, what makes them do that, what makes them go after what they do. This goes uh, back to that monk, doesn't it? <sighs> yeah. Living through other yeah. people's experiences, telling not, the stories around the campfire. Not living through, but understanding. Well, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and he was really cool, the monk, that, you know, he was telling us, you know, you really have to put your marriage first. You put your importance. He's like, because let's say you stop and you don't. And then one time you come home and you have to tell your wife, you know, hey, I made a mistake. And he's like, look at your wife right now. And how do you think she's going to react to that? You know, and it hit me. I'm like, he's right. So now for me, like my first thing is God, then my wife, then my kids and everything else falls into place afterwards, you know, hit it. And, yeah. and, it, and it's just served me well, mm-hmm. but I see other people and I've had conversations with other guys when something's not right. I'm like, your priorities are wrong. I'll tell you that you, if you do this, just give it a try, give it six months, just try this one little thing. And I've had a couple of guys who's like, Change stuff for me. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's going off on a different tangent, but that's just, yeah. You know, that's why I want to try and find as much of. You, you touched on another stuff. You know, we're going to have to have multiple podcasts or something. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you touch on another basic thing, that yeah, interesting I mean, thing about. Uh, it's already been an hour and we haven't even talked about He Man as much. No, as, and we still haven't talked much like about space, to be honest. We keep going off on life tangents. <sighs> Do you think there's, okay. Do you think there's aliens? <laughs> Uh, Have you seen an alien? You don't want to tell us. You know, it was a very interesting topic about life, <laughs> the vastness of the universe, James Webb Telescope, all awesome. those galaxies. Each galaxy could potentially hold 100 to 900 billion uh, star, or, or is it solar system or stars? Stars. So, you know, if, if each star is a solar system with multiple planets, and, you know, I, it's, it's kind of hard to say that one galaxy only has one planet of life, yeah. let alone that there's how many galaxies that so are in that? Many. So, you know, it's a, it's a little hard, and we're still learning. Here, put it this way. Let's put some perspective about planet Earth and our solar system. So... We said for the longest time the moon was this desolate environment that can't have anything. But we're finding out there's, you know, frozen water ice there. Uh, We're finding out there's water on Mars. Um, You know, well, that's interesting. We're still discovering things on planet Earth that live in on thermal vents that are at 500 degrees Fahrenheit that are alive Mm -hmm. and, you know, poop out gold. (laughs) I mean, there's, there's animals in caves that never see the day life. And they say, well, life must have light and must have water. We're, we're discovering things in our own world that live in different conditions compared to maybe what we all see around us. Cause we consider Mm -hmm. that lives and is survival and then the elements of, of life. But you know, to be honest, and now we look at some of these moons around some of the planets in our own solar system that are frozen oceans and stuff. I'm like, what are you to say? There's not. Yeah. We're finding out and realizing that Mars is, you know, you know, may may be a desolate area and it was a little bit more lively in the past. Mm-hmm. But you know what? From what we discovered to know about caves, caves, lava tubes, and things like that, don't mean 
it's not there. We're yeah. sending the what the Europa Clipper over to um, um, the moon on Jup- uh, Jupiter, on Jupiter, and it's a frozen ocean. Who knows what we're gonna find? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. life lives in. It, it tardigrades have survived in space. I think whenever people think is water like, bears. Yeah, are there water bears? Ooh. Water bears. I'm telling water, water bears. bears. That'd be awesome. <laughs> they they survived in space. Water they bears. went into a dormancy and they and they reanimated. Yeah. You know. So I mean, so to say that life only exists with these variables, and that's the only way it is, is. A little hard for me to swallow. Yeah. Just based on what we're learning. I, I think it's right. There's too much out there. Yes. And then there's also that old thing where like they actually came by this planet, saw what we were doing, and we're like, we're good. <laughs> we'll keep going. You know, I tell you what, if I was some other alien race and I flew by a planet and I saw something, I'd be like, mm, you know, well, let's hold off on talking to them for a bit sometimes. Let's go to the know? next exit. <laughs> You know, we do that as a society. So unfortunately, sometimes that's not not necessarily right. But if we see a bad scenario, like, yeah, we're going to keep going on 45 or, you know, wherever. And uh, go to somewhere a little nicer because that looks a little wrong. Uh, But who says says if there was, you know, life outside of Earth? I'm not saying there's life outside of Earth. But, you know, it'd it'd be pretty scary to say that out of all the things that I just said and all the, the scientists and, you know, scientists don't know anything, right? <laughs> theories. Just theories, right? Just theories trying yeah. to get funded. Yeah. <laughs> wheels, wagon wheels, acceleration, <laughs> whatever. Your face is going to rip off. Gravity. Six gravity. Gravity. It's, it's, it's all. You don't understand. <laughs> I, I always like whenever I'd, I'd run into some really smart guys yeah. and, they would say something. It would always be one of those. My, my favorite retort to that is, you know, we'd be talking about something and they'd be like, yeah, let me ask you something. Do you really think that they would allow this? I'm like, what do you know about they? <laughs> and they'd be like, it's like, man, I'm just messing with you. I don't care. I like your side of the story. You're a pretty interesting guy. Yeah. In, but- I- I've ran into some interesting scenarios like that to where I just smile and listen and I'm like, this is going to be a fun story for me to tell. Yeah. <laughs> or this is interesting. Or maybe they will teach me something new I did not realize. Mm-hmm. I've I've been told a story recently about dinosaurs that I was like, wow, that's very interesting. Cool. What was cool, it? Cool. Come on. Oh, man. Is it? Come on. All right. Well, how, you know, all these bones we dig up and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, it's actually, you know, all us humans are actually burying goat bones and things like that to put them in place and, and hard stones and minerals to, for us to dig out and stuff. And they're not really real, but, you know, th- th- things like that. You know, it's just, it's, it's, um, yes, we, we humans play tricks <laughs> on each other. We, we, <laughs> we prank each other. But there are some things that are just like, it would take a lot of resources and effort to blast a hole in a mountain, put together a set of different animal bones to emulate this very large creature. And then I'm going to uh, solidify the mud or stone around these bones in such a precarious way 
such that it reaches this state. And then I'm going to fill in this hole on the side of this mountain or riverbed or this and that. It, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a big, it's a very complex prank to do, to be honest. But, you know, things like that. It's kind of kind of hard to... to I'm like, I and listen. you know the carbon dating federation where you have to send the results to is controlled by they. Mm. I, I, there's, there's a few rules I live by. No, actually, there's a bunch of rules I live by. Some of them, you know, never give up, you know, uh, uh, be dreamers and doers. Um, and then the, one of the other things I'll say to this is that uh, never say never. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you start saying that someone's going to prove you wrong or something's going to pop. They, You're like, oh well, damn, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. That'll that'll never yeah. happen. Oh shoot, that just happened. That I just mean, happened, right? There, there's too many. It, it people keep pushing the limits. Yeah, that's it. You know what? As far as I'm concerned, if you can imagine it and it's somewhat plausible, then it can happen. Yeah, I mean, let's let's pick it. Uh, the entertainment industry, science fiction, tricorders, you know, replicators that print things for us. We would never, yeah, that's, yeah, that's all no. flip phone, their communicators, what are those yeah. handheld medical scanners? We don't have, oh, oh wait, wait, no. it's on my wrist. No, it's telling shit. me if I'm an AFib. Uh, so yeah, you know. It, what's the, the next, what's the next big thing? What's the, the next big thing? That thought that technology is moving at such a rapid pace that we don't know how to actually handle it. Quantum computing. Uh, <sighs> you want my honest answer? I could lie, I guess. Um, no, my <laughs> own. <laughs> I got no reason to lie. I'm blunt. Uh, um, the, the the reality is that um, currently, you know, online or bodies, at least to what we know are limited to some capacity, right? So when we're limited to some capacity, such as like, I want to fly like a bird. Well, I don't have feathers and in, in, uh, the the <laughs> the infrastructure to be flapping my arms to do that. So I'm going to build an airplane, right? Yeah. So you can look at that as augmentation, supplementation to mm-hmm. our capabilities, right? All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we, we've also done similar things in the, you know, the medical industry or like if I can't see something far away, well, maybe I'll built cameras and lenses and telescopes and binoculars and all. Now you're okay. Jordy LaForge. Now you're Jordy LaForge. Oh, God. You, there are some amazing advances that have well, mm-hmm. people who have lost sight or have never seen things and they can see shadows and pixels now. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things going on. So what I'm getting at is that where do I think the next big thing is? And I think some of our, you know, our billionaires and, and scientists out there are, are poking at it. They've been poking at it for a while, right? Artificial intelligence is the thing. It's just inevitable, right? Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, that it's been around now already, or we're on the cusp of it, or you know, whichever level it is at whatever corporation or agency yeah. or you know things like that. We're going to use this information and technology to continue to supplement or augment our capabilities, right? Mm-hmm. So if we get to a point that we can, we only have such capacity. I mean, and you could probably listen to some of these billionaires, like you know, well, if we augment or put chips or this and that or i think it's just inevitable people are already doing things like that yeah. right now you know we start crossing into politics religion what's right and wrong natural and all that good stuff but you know what uh, i think nevertheless 
society is going to continue to keep doing it until it breaks yeah. or goes wrong and then learn from it and then do something different. But nevertheless, that's where things seem to be going, right? Mm-hmm. If we can't hold that information, how are we going to supplement holding that information? So uh, I feel like society will continue to, just like back in the day, we augment ourselves with the things that we create, maybe a hammer to build a home or, you know, do bad things, hopefully not, or, you know, build a home. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Or we take out an email, oh, why are you wasting your time out manufacturing? Well, look at that one company there now that's now being able to pop out. 3D printed homes for uh, all the homeless and this and that and this yeah. neighborhood. And I mean, there's benefits to the different endeavors and dreams that we have that affect society in different areas, right? Right. So um, I think the next big thing really is how society is going to handle uh, augmenting, augmenting information and data and technology to ourselves and how we use it. And that's a complicated thing. I mean, you could dive into a lot of areas like three laws of robotics and this and that, but we already have robots coming about, living around us, being yeah. we're buying them, we're using them, we're doing drones, we're, you know... Sweeping my floors. You know, look at look at Elon Musk, and he's going to have this AI robot. We I have two AI Roombas at home. Yeah. Thank goodness. I'm like, it's not quite, you know... Um, was it Betty from the Jetsons? Or no, I mean... Um, Rosie. Rosie. Rosie from the Jetsons. I, I thought about decorating one of them as Rosie. <laughs> but, but I mean, seriously, the fact that Michelle and I, you know, we're working in our aerospace careers and got the kiddo and the dogs and all that, and we're so busy. Thank goodness for those damn Roombas. Yeah. <laughs> yes, augment See, that, my life and use that, the damn robot. That's one of the things it's like, what can we do to help yeah. mankind? I don't need a sentient robot that can overthrow me. I need one that's going to just vacuum yeah. walk my dog cut yeah. my grass change my oil yeah i love the whole idea fact of like self-driving cars and things like that now then you go into all right we're going to put them in trucks and now the whole trucking industry but then do we turn that technology over to one corporation that's going to have a mm-hmm. one monopoly control over the whole trucking corporation and at any time we can go down and our whole infrastructure of shipping is shit and then you can't get anything in the rationing stuff I, I think it's going to be a lot of hard lessons learned in society. Even if we pick this time in history versus the 30s. Uh, yeah. If so, now let's think about horse-drawn carriages and logistics, right? Mm-hmm. And then the vehicle came along. Now, some people would have said, "Now I lost my job. That was my expertise, or this and that." And I, and heartfelt and wholeheartedly understand uh, where they come from when you have something and then all of a sudden it's potentially outdated or you know um, something to that nature what i'm hoping for society that we're starting to see legally and you know um and uh humanitarian wise is that uh if we are transitioning to new capabilities and technologies that we help supplement those hard workers in our nation in our country our world right if if we're transitioning to a new system and capability to do a job that they used to do a certain way, well, let's give them the tools and education so they can continue doing that job they lock and know how to do it, which is easier said, said than, than done. done. Easier said than done. But at least we're starting to think about it better than before, yeah. I think-ish. I'm not saying it's perfect because it's not. Because it has not gone completely well, and there's a lot of arguments it's, to it. It's right? like that program where they said, we're going to teach homeless people to code. So that they can have jobs as coders. Mm-hmm. 
And they had one guy, I remember they, they touted him because he built an app and all that stuff, and then they followed up with him like five years later, and he's like not doing it at all. He's like, I didn't, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. They, they tried to, but it's not, it's not a passion. Mm-hmm. It's not a purpose. It's not fulfilling. It's not, you know. And that's fine. That's fine. But I would, I would like, again, there's too many specific scenarios to each person to each family to each desire to each passion and rationale for that job and skill right mm-hmm. um and there's not an answer to every well i don't want nope i say it's never don't ever never say, say never, never never say never never say never i think never surrender it may be easy or hard um if we can be better at facilitating those changes in life right um mike uh, let's Let's poke at uh, internet sales and purchasing items, right? Okay. And how that has changed in the last two decades compared to all the stores we walked into and all of mm-hmm. mom and pa shops and, and maybe even some of the bigger corporate companies that have closed down. There's Radio no, Shack, Blockbuster. Blockbuster. Yeah, yep. you know, things like that, right? Even things like, you know... Uh, Giants like Walmart trying to compete with other companies. Yeah. You know. Uh, I can't remember the last time I stepped into a Walmart. I just stepped into one the other day, which was actually really nice and lining for my son because we spent the last two years online shopping and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, his eyes opened up. And so did mine. I'm walking down the toilet. I'm like, cool, look at this. Look at this. I'm trying to hold it inside so he doesn't freak That's... out and goes excited. Okay. You know? So there's there's some things to that like we don't want to lose. Right. Yeah. You... Yeah. you I mean, the Samino's Hobby Shop. Have you been in there lately? No. You haven't? No. Samino's Hobby Shop. I don't know. Go out the neighborhood, the front. Mm-hmm. You know where the brick oven pizza is? Uh, e- the road, uh, 518, not 518, maybe, yeah, I think it's 518, where you can go to uh, Walmart and all. Mm-hmm. Go left. Right where that uh, brick oven pizza is, mm-hmm. and there's like a car shop just right down Anders. Mm-hmm. I think it's Anders. There's a hobby shop right there. Oh, take yeah. a, take go check that place out. Yeah, I used to go to hobby shops as a kid all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. We, we used to. I had a Radio Shack, and I'd always my mom would be like, "Hey, I'm going yeah. to Kmart. Can you drop me off at Radio Shack?" And I just walk around and look and look, and that's you know, like you just mentioned, going through and looking at what's available. Yeah. I mean, now, if you know what you want. You can get it so easily yeah. on Amazon, but what if you just want to look? Well, that also applies to like professionally. Like I could order so many parts off of so-and-so company that sells me nuts and bolts and screws and electrical parts or whatever. Yeah. But sometimes, no matter how many specs or pictures I see, I'm like, I need to go feel and see the things on my hands yeah. and go like, no, this won't work. Look at that thing over there. Because yeah. that has- What's that? What's that? Oh, that? All of a sudden- you wouldn't be interested in that. And it's like, that's the thing I need, and that's the thing that works, right? The same thing can be said about, like, we'll go back to space, all right? So some people are like, why send humans when we could just send robots that can do all the work and cheaper and safer and all that kind of good stuff? They're in, to me, so to me, it's going to be a combination of two, of robotics and humans, right? Yeah. We need each other. Um, it's, I mean, if I even picked up spacewalks in the International Space Station, there are some things that the robotic arm can do, and there's some things that the spacesuit do. There's some things neither one of them can do without each other, and that's why we yeah. use both of them together. So, going back to the whole planetary thing, 
Um, and you know, it takes time to send commands. We poke at, you know, mm-hmm. point at cameras that are specific targets. We go drill a certain thing. But the one thing about um, that all our computers and technology does not have, it, it is not at the level of the human mind. This computer in our skull is so fast and so capable to stop, turn, and go look. Oh, what's that little guy down there? Oh, that's shiny. Wait, it moved. You know, yeah. there's things we would drive right by. And actually, there's there's humans and people that we walk by and drive by things and don't even look oh. right right next to us. But, yeah. you know, that the fact the fact of humans going to it, we're, we're curious explorers. Thank goodness we went across oceans, mm-hmm. hot air balloons and all that. Because if we didn't do that, it wouldn't be exactly the world we see right now. Ooh, no. No. Thank God there's, you know, you climb mountains, you dive oceans, you mm-hmm. look, you wander, you, you know, it's, that's, and you can do that anywhere. Yeah. And when you're a, a kid, going back to a kid, that might be the lake in the back of your house. It may be a set of woods or weeds or, I was, I was very fortunate growing up that my dad took me to our camp in Mississippi and he was just like, go, here's a four wheeler, here's a <laughs> knife. Here's a BB gun and go. <laughs> and oh man, I had so much fun, you know. Had a bag oh, yeah. full of rope and a compass and matches and all that. And let's go have it. let's go have an adventure. Adventure. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. So life is just so you're saying life's just a big adventure? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. It cool. Is. I wanna read that book. Wait. No, I wanna live it. <sighs> write it. Or write it, yeah. Write it, man. Yeah. That, that's you know, in you have Instagram and Facebook and all these things, and they got some people doing some amazing things in this oh, yeah. world. That, that's another nice thing. So you know, going back, we, we keep skipping subject to subject about. That's usually how this goes. Yeah, yeah. In, like information overload. It's like when to stop and then go do that thing, right? Yeah. I could spend, I've accidentally been sucked on all day looking at things online, at things I wanted to do or things I'm designing and planning. And that's okay here or yeah. there, right? But then there's a point where you got to stop like, that's Get cool. Get off. I'm going to go do that now. Yeah. Go do that. When to stop. When to know to stop is the hard part. And I think that's a very, uh, the amount of information that is available. And then to take that and apply that into action mm. and and go forth. And I've, I've done a deep dive into myself on like a lot of like just learning and learning and learning and learning. And eventually it's like, man, got to go put this into practice. Got to go. You got to go do test the theory, test the ideas, test the test, yeah. test. I, I, I personally like, uh, you know, I already talked about this once, but I'm going to look at it from a different approach. I like my mind being broken every once in a while. Perception, mm-hmm. right? Just perception. Like, um, may it be religion or politics or um, perspective. Like, for instance, when I first went to college, uh, one of my roommates I had uh, from Kenya, wonderful guy, and invited him over for dinner. And um, I asked him, I was like, hey, you want some iced tea? He's like, yeah, like, great. All right, cool. So I got some iced tea and went to the other room. I heard yelling and screaming. I was like, what the? I went running back into the other room. He's like, my mouth is on fire. It bit me. And I was like, what? And and what it was was that, and I didn't realize and he'd been living at, at here in this in this uh, uh, in Las Cruces, New Mexico, we're at New Mexico State University, the first college I went to, um, which is a whole other another life lesson. Um, and I didn't understand. It's like I drank it and it bit me, and I was like, 
I just realized he had never had an ice cube in his life. And he said, oh, no, wow. please, just lukewarm, no ice, no ice, thank you. And I was like, and it's, and at that time I was, what are I, 18 or 19, whatever I was. Um, it spurred off so many emotions in my head, you know, and me, I was like, oh, you know, I travel the world, I'm all diverse, you know, it's not nose teenager in college, know a lot of things, <laughs> but you know, it really just, Here's a dude that's never had ice, <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, and I knew that, I knew about different living scenarios and situations and the things that we either unattendedly take for granted to have in our life locally or wherever we live, right? Yeah. But when I ever since that day, I find myself that, you know, I don't have to have something with ice. It doesn't have to be a chill. I will drink a warm soda. If it is something that's like, no, I'll take it warm. That's fine. I mean, yeah, sure, I'll prefer cold. But I don't have to have ice cubes. or It, it, it hit a switch in my head in my life. They're going like, huh. Like, they went all water. their life and came here to go to school. Not yeah. an ice cube. Ever an ice cube. And it... It bit them. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like, well, fair enough. Okay. All right? Not everything has to be chilled. Not everything has to be hot. Not every- mm. So I look forward to my mind being broken of what I thought is normal here, yeah. <laughs> there, everywhere. Challenge yourself. And try something new. Stick something new in my mouth that tastes different. Or, yeah. You know, I mean, that's like I went to Korea when I was eight years old. And one of my uncles lived in the in the country. He had the rice patties and everything, all that good stuff. And we were sitting down um, having uh, some type of Korean pork stew. And I was like, oh, this is delicious. And I may have some more. And he opened it. all oh, excellent. Opened up the pot, and there was a big pig's head sitting in the pot staring at me. And I was going like, that's a first uh, for me, coming from the United States, to see a pork head staring at me, which yeah. may be normal also in the United States, wherever, but for me growing up, I was like, I wasn't normal to having an animal head staring at me. And I'm going, yes, may I have some more, please? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, I aim to be broken so I can learn and be excited about stuff like that. Is it know? almost like a uh, ignorant adventurer? Yeah, a little. You don't, it's all right. You like, you don't even know what you're getting yeah. into, just like, screw it, try it, do whatever. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's great. So. Yeah. I think we've been talking a while. We have, we have. And I like, I like when these happen like this because uh, I, I've had very, I've had a few where it's like all of a sudden it's been going. I mean, we're at hour and thirty minutes right now, and you're a very deep person with a lot of experience and a lot of. You're very open to things because I have talked to some people before who have been like, "No, this is the way it is," and this, and you're open to like, "This is what I think, but maybe it's not." Yeah, and, and uh, my wife and I went to see Jordan Peterson a while back live, hmm. and uh, he was promoting his new book in the uh, first chapter. In fact, my buddy Jonathan Randolph for my birthday this year gave me a copy of the book, and it was one of those speeches where he said, "Like, as soon as the communication breaks down, we've lost. Like, both sides lose. There's no, yeah. you know, you're not able to learn. You're not able to guide that. So, I mean, let's finish off with this. Just." What do you think of the Kevin Smith He Man? <laughs> I was really excited about it, actually. You know, so I thought it, it broke my He Man, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> You're talking about breaking things? Yeah. It broke my childhood, and I was okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I have. I think there's some new episodes that I haven't gone to see. So, season one 
got a lot of criticism mm-hmm. and it, I can see why. Mm-hmm. And I know they talked about like the, 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 the society terms of it and what they did to it and the emasculation and, you know, it's like, Oh, it's, it's this. But then the second season that came back, I was like, that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I liked it. But I'm okay watching something uncomfortable yeah. and being and like, eh, oh well. As long as it breaks me enough to where I'm still curious, like, all right, all right, so I'm paying attention. What's next? And am I going to yeah. continue after what's next? If they would have ended okay. it on that first season, I would have been like, that sucked. I I was I was broken enough to where I was curious. I'm like, you know, yeah, yeah. I want to see And they came more, out with right. another one on Cartoon Network or something where yeah. it's like this anime thing, and I didn't even bother with that one. I'm like, oh, no, like that. Done. Yeah, my son was watching, and I was like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. But well, we're, we're adults, we want to see the yeah, <laughs> we want to see that Yeah, one. yeah. So, well, good deal, man. Well, hey, right. uh, James, appreciate you coming by. Well, thanks for inviting me. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. I appreciate it's a cool thing. Let's right, not man. wait two more years or however. No, let's years not. Because right. I think we do have some more stuff. So maybe you're one of these reoccurring gods that come yeah. back every month or oh, so. We're, we're, done. Just... we're still talking about aliens and space. <sighs> <laughs> we barely scratched that. We did not talk enough about <laughs> alien and, and water bears. <laughs> That's right. Maybe that should be a logo. They're like, yeah. you know, tardigrades. The water bear. Tar- what? Tardigrades. What is that? That's a water bear. A tardigrade is a water bear. Yes, it is. Okay. Did you know I sent microorganisms to space that glow blue? They, gr- they glow blue? Yes. They're called dinoflagellates. You got any of those laying around? I do at home. Can I have some? If they're still alive. <laughs> I have the ones that flew to space too still. They went and came back? Yeah. Alive. What was the... What it was another that? research project I had. Yep. I, we're having another conversation. <sighs> you know the glo- those blue glowing bioluminescent phytoplankton yeah. in yeah. the ocean? Yeah, I decided they'd be a cool microorganism to do some 1G, micro-G experiment. Yeah. <laughs> People don't understand, like, when they're like, why are we going to space and doing that? It's like, that's where the magic happens. That's, it, that's he, where you're able to do a really, really interesting experiment. There's a funny statement. Gravity binds us or whatever. Yeah. When you take away the things that hold us together, it opens doors, right? Mm-hmm. So... If you take that and look at science and medicine and stuff, the things that bind it and hold it together that make it difficult, if you open doors, you may find cures. Yeah. Lots of things. Lots and lots of things. Yeah. You know. Break break but, break the mind. Yeah. Break it. Break, break it. gravity. All right, everybody. All right. If you're listening, go break your mind. Go uh <laughs> go explore. Get out in the universe. Hell yeah. So thanks for coming by, James. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it, man. Bye.